WhatsApp us now on 072-702-1702. As I said, Brigadier Vishnu Naidu, thank you for joining us this evening and uh, really much appreciated for your time. Uh, very good evening, Bushwal, and thank you for this opportunity. Brigadier, I'm going to get it out of the way immediately because obviously that was the major talking point. I know it was last week. The key question is just what steps and measures have been put in place in particular to, to, to rid the country of a lot of the negative media, the police and the SANDF have been picking up, especially around some of the practices that we've seen. Has any special steps been taken to ensure that we don't have to be dealt with uh, this ongoing issue of uh, concerns being raised around uh, human rights ultimately being violated by members of the SAPS as well as SANDF? Yeah, I think it was one of the points that was highlighted at the beginning when uh, when we started the COVID-19 operations throughout the country. Mm. To all our members, even the president himself, uh, when addressing the SANDF and the SAPS members, said that uh, people must be treated with respect, they must be treated with dignity, and so forth. And then when we saw these videos going viral about where uh, police and soldiers and traffic officers are being depicted as brutalizing and uh, humiliating, uh, you know, civilians. Mm. Um, we, we then, in some cases, uh, criminal action has been taken. In other cases, departmental action has been taken. But I must say, since last week, I think around Wednesday, Thursday, um, that has subsided significantly. Um, so, because the whole idea here is for us not uh, and we said the implementation of the regulation is not to punish people, but it's to, mm. to protect people, to prevent this virus from spreading, to contain the virus, uh, and, and to ultimately be able to eradicate it. So we're not yet to even arrest people. I mean, that is not the point of lockdown. Lockdown is to just keep people, um, you know, separate from each other so that the virus doesn't uh, transmit as rapidly as it, as it has done in other countries before mm. us. Mm or as it is happening in other countries before us. But, um, you know, we've reached over the 1,000 mark uh, now, uh, well, almost 2,000 mark, and uh, we really need to stop this. And we can only do that, stop it and contain it if we get 100% cooperation from, uh, from everyone in the country. Not 90%, not 99%, but 100%. That's what it's going to take uh, for us to, to, to be able to successfully contain and eradicate this. And this is the message that we have been trying to convey all along, and we're not... We have no intention of conveying that message using heavy-handedness or humiliating people and so on and so forth. I hear you. And uh, obviously it's an ongoing concern. It's an ongoing issue for, for people and hopefully we, we start behaving. Let's talk about how well we have behaved. As I just said, we've passed the midway point. Are things improving or are things deteriorating? And I'll just quickly throw in my own um, little observation there, Brigadier, if you don't mind. I, I remember the first time I got into my car, made sure that I had obviously all my ID documents and, and, and letters and everything of the sorts ready in case I get pulled over by the police or the SANDF uh, so that I can actually show that I'm legitimately on the road and, and I am doing work uh, that I'm allowed to do. Um, I noticed that there was hardly any vehicles on the road whatsoever. I think I saw one or two pedestrians and people that clearly uh, didn't uh, understand the lockdown regulation quite well. But then sub after that, I've, I've noticed a little more of an increase in terms of um, uh, vehicles on the road and activity amongst people. Although I should say tonight when I drove in, I hardly saw anything. So I'd just like to know from your side, um, what is your observation been with people and their compliance in and around um, the lockdown regulations? Well, Goshwar, I'd like to say 
that it's improved, or I'd like to say that, you know, we there's, there's gradual improvement or something like that. But, but uh, like I said in the beginning in my opening remarks, we need 100% cooperation, and that's not what we're getting. Yeah. There are still, I mean, like today, we arrested 53 people in, um, um, in the north of KZN uh, for, uh, for having a, a wedding ceremony. I saw that. Uh, yeah, so now that's why I'd like to say that people are complying, but in this time, almost halfway mark through the lockdown, people are still insist on having a wedding when, when the instructions or the regulations are clear that you can't have any gatherings other than a funeral with, with, um, with conditions uh, to that funeral uh, uh, arrangement, that, you, that a person's body must be uh, t- taken from straight from the morgue or the hospital directly to the gravesite or to the crematorium. That's how seriously we, you know, we, we are emphasizing mm. uh, the importance of separation and social distancing and you know, uh, the prohibition of gatherings. But yet, somebody halfway through lockdown after all the education and awareness and continuous uh, uh, um, messaging from from the principals, from the leadership and all of us but still they choose to have a wedding we arrested the 53 including the, mm. the pastor the bride and the groom in the same part of the of the province last week we arrested people for a wedding as well when when COVID-19 uh, operations began <laughs> or the lockdown operations began. I'm laughing, but I'm just thinking people really want to get married in that part of the world, it seems. In in, in, in Kwanongoma, that happened. Um, but but all over, I mean, on Thursday, we had a man convicted in, um, in, uh, in Karankua uh-huh. for selling liquor. Despite the emphasis, I mean, the... the, the, the the Minister of Police, uh, Minister Kale, his voice resonated across the nation when he said, uh, no alcohol, finish. There's no selling of alcohol. There's no buying of alcohol. Here's a man still uh, sells alcohol in, in Karankua. He got, for the first time, unprecedented uh, uh, sentencing. He got 10,000 rand fine or six months imprisonment. If it was outside of lockdown, if it was a normal circumstance, somebody selling alcohol illegally, probably get a thousand, thousand five hundred and fine, and his liquor will be returned to him. Mm. Now, it, Just, you know, so it's ten thousand or six months imprisonment, and all the liquor confiscated. So know? let's let's talk about about that very quickly, there, Brigadier. And and part of the thing for me, especially when it comes to this issue of liquor and and. Cigarettes. I mean, I know that the stats, I mean, the Minister of Police has come out. I'm not going to ask you now to rehash it as if it's new news. I saw that uh, uh, the Minister of Police has mentioned the fact that there's been a decrease in crime, obviously, except for the gender-based violence, because we saw that we hit 87,000 cases since the lockdown just last week, which is obviously extremely disturbing. Um, but, um, but thus far, uh, as for general cases of, of crime, we've seen that there's been a reduction in crime as well. He's saying that that probably has a lot to do with the fact that people don't have access to alcohol. But I'm thinking juxtaposed to that, um, we also know that a lot of people, whether we like to accept it or not, uh, Brigadier, are actually alcohol dependent. They might be functional alcoholics. They might not be drunks, but they are functional alcoholics. And uh, if they don't have access to alcohol, if they don't have access to nicotine, that can actually worsen the incidence of violence. So now what I'd like to know from your side, what was the rationale, just very quickly, on removing 
alcohol from the shelves um, as well as the, the you know cigarettes from the shelves in particular the cigarettes I think what was the danger there what was the thinking there and is it true that you are revising those particular ideas because that keeps on popping up in the popular media as well as popular uh, you know popping up on social media and I think people need to have clarity on it so that people don't find themselves foul of the law as well unfortunately I wasn't privy to the deliberations around the regulations on that uh, but what I know is that from my from uh, my, my little engagements is that alcohol, it's um, you know it um, inhibits a person and make them do things they they're not supposed to do. And uh, in this time that we are insisting on uh, social distancing and separation of people and so forth, when people drink uh, alcohol, there is that very great likelihood of them uh, wanting to go out and continue partying and associating and so forth. Also, alcohol is, uh, is, is going to have a, 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 a negative impact or effect on a person who, who, who would contract the virus. Mm. The chances of survival will be lesser. The same with, uh, with cigarettes. Because remember, the, 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 the virus, from, from my understanding and, and from the explanations that I've heard from experts, and I, and I'm, I don't want to be sounding like an expert here because I'm not in that field, but uh, uh, it affects the respiratory system, uh, the virus. And uh, what does cigarettes do to the respiratory system? It, um, it actually, uh, uh, you know, cigarettes um, affects the respiratory system. Mm. And weakens it and makes, it, makes a person even more vulnerable and, uh, to, to, the, to the virus. But uh, I think that's the, the biggest rationale around that. But also with cigarettes and alcohol being sold uh, freely, uh, it increases the possibility of uh, so people socializing and, and, and coming together and so forth. So I think me not being a smoker and a drinker for many years now, I think it, was, uh, it would be um, a biased uh, opinion if I had to say it would be seen or heard as a biased opinion if I had to say that was a good move, you know, uh, sure. uh, in, okay. in the bigger scheme of things. Yes, I understand that people... I was a smoker eight years ago. For eight years, I haven't smoked. Mm. I've been drinking for more than five years ago. I haven't had a alcohol. So I know what people may be feeling, you know, when, when, when there's a need for a cigarette. Uh, I, I could identify with them. But I think now we're in a period where you have to look at the, the bigger picture. You have to look at this in the bigger scheme of things. Um, how, how this sacrifice... Uh, in comparison to the sacrifice the country is making as a whole. Because remember, to lock a country down for 21 days is a huge sacrifice for the country and its people. Economically, yeah. socially, uh, in, in every aspect of it. I so, hear you. I hear you. So, Look, you know, um, you, 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 people will have to see that sacrifice of not smoking and not drinking. How, how big is it? In, in, in the biggest scheme of things. I, I understand that, Brigadier, but I, I think what we should also take into account is the possibility of people then resorting to illegality. I'm not saying that that's what they should do, but it's, there's always that possibility. The next issue also, and the next concern is also the sociological impact that it has that I discussed with you on the in, you know from the onset. And I'm not saying that you're an expert in that space. I'm not expecting a specific answer from you on that. I just think 
that you know it's something that should have if they if people were forewarned if there was a different way of dealing with that aspect then maybe uh you know we wouldn't be dealing with some of these issues as well but uh, i guess the evidence for it is not yet and now so i can't sit with you and say 50,000 cases of the 87,000 cases that we dealt with last week uh were specifically related to abcd but um, uh, the, i do, I do think that 87,000 are not cases. They're not uh, reports. They were calls that came into the... Yeah, yeah, incidents. The, the That's why I said incidents, yeah. Uh, look, look, yeah, I, 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 I really yeah. do understand, Brigadier, but unfortunately, because of lack of time, I, I'll have to leave yes. it there. I really do thank okay. you for your time, and I hope that people, and, and I do share your sentiments wholeheartedly, I hope that people start behaving, stay at home. It's only another 10 days to go after this, and then we can finally move on with our lives. Um, just you, very quickly, the number for non-compliance. If you notice non-compliance, you want to report it, what is that number? Okay, the number of the, the, the toll free number is 086001011. Or people can also provide tip offs on mm. the, the MySaps app. It can be downloaded on any iPhone or Android. But, but for Gauteng, they must just look on the SAPS website at, um, it's, um, at SA Police Service uh, website. Yeah. Uh, or, or our Twitter account, rather. You will find for Gauteng, we posted a, a number plus one. So, so there's a number, there's two numbers per district okay. that they can call directly. So, so those are the three um, avenues one can resort to, to complaining, uh, you know, about uh, incidents uh, or non-compliance. Okay, great stuff. Thank you so much. All the best to you, Brigadier. That was Brigadier Vishnu Naidu, spokesperson of the National Joint Operation and Intelligence Structure.